Hello and welcome to Master My Garden podcast, the podcast that helps you master your own garden with useful tips, advice and know-how as you go on the way and journey of mastering your own garden. I'm your host John Jones and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. So let's get stuck in to this week's episode. How's it going everybody? Welcome to episode number 21 of Master My Garden Podcast. This week's episode is a follow-on episode to last week's one. Last week's was with Denise Dunn from the Herb Garden and we talked about culinary herbs. So it was a sort of an overview of culinary herbs. And this week we're switching over to medicinal herbs, which is a hugely interesting area. And again, a bit like the culinary herbs, it's, it's complex because there's so many varieties within there. But Denise gives us a very good overview of uh, medicinal herbs. Um, as I said, Denise is probably the go-to person in Ireland for herb advice, so if there's anything that you're interested in, in but we haven't covered in this, in this episode, please just get in, co- in contact with Denise and I'm sure she'll help you out. So let's get stuck in to this week's episode. Okay, so Denise, you're very welcome to what will be episode number 20 and episode number 21 of Master My Garden podcast. It's going to be a two-part and we're going to cover culinary herbs and medicinal herbs. So firstly, you're very, very welcome to Master My Garden podcast. Thanks, John. Delighted to be here. So, Denise, thank you very much. The The first uh, half, which is going out as episode number 20 on culinary herbs, was, was excellent. But another area of herbs, which is, you know, it's a huge area and it's actually a huge growth area over the, over the last number of years where people are finding that as you said in the last episode their their food is their medicine and medicinal herbs have huge benefits for people and people are starting to become aware of that but maybe by way of starting this this part um tell me a little bit how you got into medicinal herbs okay i think i mentioned in the um in the previous episode about the book the herb book that my mom was given a, a gift of when um when i was just quite young and I do, you know, I started reading through that and, and it was more like the cosmetic uses and natural, because I suppose that I grew up in a family that would have been quite organic anyway. And uh, as I never even mentioned in the previous um, interview, you know, I've been certified organic here since 1995. So I would be very organic minded and that wouldn't only necessarily come to what you put into your body, but what you put on your skin is absorbed into your system. So I kind of started a little bit of interest in using herbs for natural um, cosmetics. But what really, um, really got me started was my daughter was, I started the business in 95. My daughter wasn't even two years old. So in this, she was going to start school in the September of 97. And I was out gardening maybe around May or so. Yeah, it would have been actually May of that year. And this strange lady who I'd never met before, quite an elderly lady, just pulled up in my driveway and she had a basket with her of all these little pamphlets. And she came up and she introduced herself to me as Mrs. Mullins and she said, I'm going to be Laura's teacher. So my daughter was going to this little school that was only going to be her and two other girls starting that year, you know, the little country school where they put their classes in together. And she said, I've heard about you. So I'd only set up the business two years ago and it was very, very low-key but she said, I've heard about you and I think you could make some use of these plants. And um, she said, I think it's some sort of an aloe and they're meant to be good for burns. So 
that was lovely and uh, I took the plants and I and I potted them on. Now, to describe them, I knew that they weren't aloe vera because, you know, at that stage, you know, the aloe vera, it's got those quite tall, kind of tall, lush leaves full of gel. This plant was more closer to the likes of, um, not quite house leek, but oh, I'm not great on the names of, of succulents, but let's say it was a much lower growing, gr- lower growing plant, smaller leaves, kind of like a rosette. Of leaves, but okay. when you pulled out the say the the outer leaves, you know they probably would have been, or oh, maybe I don't know, ten centimeters long and up to that. And when you pulled off the leaf, you know you could this gel was inside and you could squash the gel out. So for years I had the plant, not even knowing exactly its botan its um, botanical name. But I first tried it. I was probably maybe could have been a week or two after that. And of course, always cooking, you you can tend to burn yourself quite easily, especially the wrists. You know, if you're taking stuff out of the oven. And so I yeah. got a burn, and I thought, God, I remember that plant Mrs. Mullins gave me. So I ran out to my tunnel and I grabbed a leaf, one of the big leaves off it. Now, first off, I I ran it under cold water. You know, like you always would if you get a burn. So I ran it under cold water for a few minutes, and then I ran out and I pulled a leaf off this plant opened it up and rubbed on the gel. Now, actually, I know the first time it wouldn't, it wasn't my wrist, and I can tell you why, because I remember saying to myself, it would have been one of my fingers that I burnt, and I remember saying to myself, um, oh, now I must, because as soon as you put on the gel, it really, you could feel it really easing it, you know, really soothing it, cooling, and I thought, now I must remember put some more of that on later. And I swear, I just forgot about the burn, and I couldn't even remember which finger it was on. And this was a burn that normally would have hurt for you know, maybe three days, maybe even yeah. turned into a blister. So that, that just amazed me. And then, you know, over the following period of time, any time I got a burn, because it, you know, it's so easy to get burns, and especially those the ones on yeah. the wrist. And again, I would have then um, used the, run on the cold water, used the leaf. And if it was a, a bit of a longer burn, you could kind of open the leaf up um, and just nearly put it on top of the skin, you know, like a, like a bandage even, just tie a little bandage around it. But... A few years, so I started giving these plants because they produce all the little plantlets around the side and I started giving them to lots of my friends and especially of a lot of friends who are chefs and a lot of friends with children and they were all just amazed by, by how well this plant worked. But a good few years after that I was down in Wicklow with a friend and she, we had a, a, a night out and she was making coffee when we came back and um, this was in the days before and I'm, I'm a coffee snob now but it was instant coffee and I always drink my coffee black. And she literally just poured the boiling water onto it, stirred it, went to hand it to me, and she cut, tripped. And it literally went all over my chest, right? And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be scalded now. Um, and so immediately, like, I turned bright red, like, really bad sunburn. And she had one of the plants that I had given her a few years ago. So I tried as best as possible, splashed lots of cold water on, and I started using the aloe. Now, I was still for, you know, the, the following good few days, it was still very red and I was still kind of thinking, you know, there's a chance I am going to be left with a scar from this. But I just religiously kept using the aloe and um, and I, I was absolutely fine. I ended up with no scars or anything. So that just made me understand the power of the plants. You know, it was just incredible. And so a good few years later, um, a man I know, when I started doing all the garden trade shows and stuff and there was a man who specialised in succulents and he named the plant for me. It's actually called Aloe Aristata. 
So the beauty of this plant is, first off, it has the small little, smaller leaves. So when you take a leaf off, you're not desecrating your plant. You know, like I was over, my daughter lives in London. I was over there a while back and, and she had an aloe plant. I wanted to use a bit of it, but, you know, it only maybe has four or five leaves. You know, if you've got a, a young, the normal aloe vera. So that's the aloe aristata. Mm-hmm. You're not wrecking the plant when you take off the leaf. And the second thing is it overwinters out in my tunnels. Now I just have unheated tunnels. So whereas there's not a chance, you know, you'd have to keep your aloe indoors. And I just live in a tiny cottage. So my, my winter spill um, space for plants is, is quite limited. So um, anyway, that was the aloe. And then, so like I say, that really sparked my interest. And um, a little while, oh, I suppose... You know, as the as the years went on, I, I, when various different minor ailments w- would happen, I would try to look at a herbal solution if I had one right to hand. And before maybe I continue, what I should just say is um, it is important when using herbs medicinally. And, you know, there are a few rules that really need to be adhered to. Um, number one is to make sure that the plant you're using that you're correctly identifying the plant and that's why botanical names are so important because a lot of plants would have various different colloquial names not only in different countries but even in different regions different areas of ireland and plants they can be extremely potent um, and some of them can absolutely be fatal, you know, fatally poisonous. So um, it is just, it, you know, it's extremely important um, to always seek medical advice for serious conditions, to never use a herbal remedy if you're on any other medication whatsoever, um, or if you're pregnant or if you have any underlying health conditions. Um, for example, my own mom is on warfarin. Now, I wouldn't... I. I would have herb teas and I would have cough syrups and various different things that I really find effective over the years. I wouldn't give any of them to my mum because, you know, you just can't, um, you know, you can't be too safe. And an example, when I, you know, often would have my, my workshops um, here in the garden, I have a, a, a tree. Um, it's actually a second generation from the original Irish U up in Florence Court. Um, but I always start there to explain to people um, that's where I explain about the warnings because the you know the yew tree um, taxes and it is used for two different um, drugs that are that treat cancer. But a few now probably going back over ten years ago now in Ireland a, a lady actually died after drinking um, a, a yew tea. I, I'm not sure whether it was made okay. from the leaves or the berries, but oftentimes with people, um, you know, if they have a really serious illness and if the conventional route isn't working, I couldn't tell you the number of people who have come to me. You know, people are desperate and they're looking for other um, alternatives. And yeah, they'll try, they'll, they'll try anything. And I suppose, uh, as, you, as you rightly say, it's hugely important to be aware of what you're working with first and be sure of your plant and just be conscious of, of those things before you, you start into any herbal treatment yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's a valid and, and hugely important point yeah, no, yeah absolutely and like i would always recommend people um with that condition to con- contact a medical herbalist there are now some like there are a lot more herbalists in ireland now than there were when i started up here and then um, there are some herbalists who are both qualified as doctors or in conventional medicine and herbal medicine and that is the route to go because there is a place for herbal me- or for like I love herbal medicine, but of course the conventional medicine is necessary as well. Um, you know, so that is just so important to stress. I hate when I see these things online, people saying dandelions cure cancer and stuff. It really makes my blood boil. But um, having said that, for herbs, 
can really be used very safely to treat minor ailments and once you're kind of a healthy individual um you know that's a that, that can be used very easily now another one um that I find invaluable is sage. So a lot of our common culinary herbs actually have medicinal uses too. So I might just start with some of them, the, the more well-known ones, and then I might just go on into maybe talking about some of our native plants as well. Yeah, and be, be, before before we get into them, there's just two, two small questions. The first one was, you, you mentioned a book that had, had started your interest, and I don't think you named that book. What do you, Can you remember the name of it? Well, I have it here now. I'm not even sure if it would be in print now, but it, it was actually the St. Michael brand, which was the equivalent of, I think it was the Marks and Spencers, um, and it's called okay. The Herb Book, and it's by Arabella Boxer and Philippa Back. What I can do later, I can maybe send you a link. But, you know, on the subject of books, there is one book that I would highly recommend to everybody, and it's Jekka's Herb Book, um, Jekka McVicker, who's based in the UK and who I have had correspondence with, but I haven't met yet. And I'm, I'm one of these days I'm going to go over there and visit her nursery and, and um, connect with her. Uh, I have bought so many copies of that book because oftentimes when I'd have students um, at the end of their, their time here, I buy it to them to, to thank them. And it's really comprehensive. It goes through everything from growing, propagation, plant care, culinary uses, medicinal uses, warnings, the whole lot. So I'll at the end, um, when we're finished, John, I can... Um, I can yeah, perfect. Email, put it into the show notes then. You can, you can let people know about them because it's always good to have a recommendation for a good reference book. And while there are lots, and I have lots, and lots of them are amazing, but Jekka's would be my, my go to one. And you can still buy Very that good. now just on her, from her website. So, sorry, John, did you yeah. want to ask me another question there? As well? Yeah, there was, some, there was something else that we, we spoke about before we actually get into the varieties of medicinal herbs. You, you said you wanted to kind of just give an overview of how people prepare the, the herbs. Yeah. So. Yeah, great. Thanks for reminding me, John. Actually, this, no this next one I was going to talk about, I maybe didn't need to do that, but then I will lead on to the preparations. Because to, to, when I was talking about the aloe, like that is using the herb in its most basic form. You take off the leaf and you open it up and you apply it to, to where it's needed. Now, as well as for burns, that's really good for any type, like stings, bites, um, all sorts, you know, it's got lots of different uses. Um, but another plant... I suppose my my next kind of light bulb moment with plants came when um, I I had a, a wisdom tooth that I felt it needed to be removed, and I was in the dental hospital. And when I read all the warnings and the things they wanted me to sign, I just said, "Oh no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to you know go through that." So I had a little bit of a problem with this over the years, and there was one evening then it got really sore, and I looked in the mirror and I could see like I had an abscess. So the the wisdom tooth. It, was, it hadn't quite come up and I had an, an abscess there and I knew that um, clove oil is good if it, for any kind of tooth related um, or mouth tooth related conditions but sage I also knew just from reading um, is you know supposed to be really good for mouth it's, it's antibacterial and it's meant to be good for you know mouth ulcers and even to gargle it for sore throats and stuff like that so at the time I didn't have any herbal preparations. I had never made a tincture in my life, but I did have, and I knew purple sage was meant to be the um, the most potent one medicinally. So again, going back to when I was collecting a lot of plants, I probably had, you know, I had all the, you know, the lovely different variegated sages and, and the different ones. So I went out into the garden and I picked a leaf from the purple sage plant. And I actually had friends coming around that evening and I was kind of just doing a bit of washing up and getting ready. So I just put the leaf, I folded it in half and I just put it where the pain was. And I kind of left it there for about 15 minutes, kind of lightly chewing on it just to let the um, 
kind of do their work, not really knowing if it would work or not, now, to be honest with you. But um, it certainly is pain after 15 minutes, half an hour. My friends came around and a glass or two of wine would have helped ease the pain a little further. <laughs> but um, yeah. I still thought oh, I'm going to be into that dental hospital tomorrow. And the next morning, I it was gone. It was literally gone. And I look in the mirror and the abscess was gone. And, you know, I have never had any trouble with that um, tooth since. Now, that just sounds like that, that sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But that is the truth. <laughs> Um, well, in a way, but in a way, but I suppose that is how a lot of people have 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 gone to get got into medicinal herbs, yeah. and uh, yeah, while while it might sound too good to be true, well, in a lot of cases, it, it is actually true, and yeah. uh, I suppose there is huge benefits in them, and they are proven very very effective, and I think it, it maybe okay, it has been used for thousands of years, obviously her- herbal herbal remedies, but then for a number of years they kind of got pushed onto the back burner yeah. and they were maybe seen as a little bit airy-fairy mm-hmm. and so on. But over the last number of years, there is pretty pretty substantial evidence starting to build yeah. that they are hugely useful and hugely beneficial as part of an overall healthcare plan. And I think that's that's massively important yeah. because they're, they're, they're much healthier than obviously pharmaceuticals yeah. so um, well that's the thing you see just to go a little bit into that and you know we I could talk for an hour or two on this subject but um you know what a lot of people don't realize is that most pharmaceutical um drugs you know a lot of them would originally um come from plants but what they've done is they've extracted you know maybe one particular property so like one well they're immediately there i was talking about you earlier and you know that is been used for a, a cancer treated two different types of um drugs to treat cancer but then there'd be digitalis is used um for you know it's a heart drug but like digitalis is as you know yourself the fox gloves and you know so there and like i've i actually um a few years back i grow a lovely annular ella campaign and um it would be a traditional medicinal plant too and i had some um students and professors from the university of cork um, doing some research into that and I, I gave them you know samples of root and root and leaf and seed and uh, or flower and um, they were looking into um, using that for treating MRSA and actually one of my favourite places to visit when I'm in London is the Chelsea Physic Garden and it's absolutely amazing you know when you look at the history like that was a hospital you know and, and the, the, when you look at the history of plants like you say you know a lot of uh, what people call the old wives tales and all that but you know a lot of those old wives were the, they were the wise women and that they <laughs> you know but anyway that's a whole other subject so I suppose if we're going to try and go through some basics here maybe I will just briefly um, just going back to the sage so after that then I had um, I had a friend up and she had had a problem with a filling and I gave her the sage leaf to rub and she was like oh well that works and then my mum had um, trouble with a tooth as well which was kind of an ongoing problem and I gave her the sage leaf but then I made a sage tincture and that was an easy way so you've got I will explain about tinctures in a minute so um, you know it means you've just got it there in a bottle and you can just take it out and just dab it on to where you need it so yeah if I just talk briefly about I'll just talk about simple herbal preparation directly from the leaf and in some cases like the aloe and the sage you know that's that's simple and natural the next um, easiest or most common way would be to use a herb tea or it's often known as a herb tea saying they're one and the same thing and it's just basically steeping your I'm sure people you know again when I started off here you know I never even um, had bought a herb tea bag because I would use 
my own fresh mint and lemon balm and fennel to make teas. And now you go into the supermarkets and there's a whole aisle full yeah. of herbal teas. So it does just show the way, um, you know, things have changed um, over the years. So a lot of people, even without maybe considering them to be medicinal, would be using herbal teas anyway, just as a, an enjoyable drink. So, um, like, if you're using a fresh herb, normally you would use maybe roughly the equivalent of one teaspoon of freshly chopped herb. If you're using a dried herb, you would usually use half the quantity because the herb is dried, it's more concentrated. So um, that would be the herb tea. And then a tincture is um, a tincture is basically when you use alcohol. Now, there are other alternatives as well for people who can't use alcohol. Um, but you use alcohol to extract um, beneficial um, properties from the plant and the reason alcohol works better than water is like alcohol will also extract oils and resins from the plant which water alone won't do so um that's a and and again alcohol it's a preservative so it also preserves the herb and so it means you know you can if you have i always have some tinctures here and then particularly now over the years haven't can't do any workshops at the moment but when i'd be doing a workshop depending on the season and what was available and depending on my little herbal medicine um cupboard here i would always make something thinking oh i'm running a bit low on that so i'll show people how to make a tincture and i'll make that one so i'll have it for myself and particularly say for herbs that are only um in season in the summer but maybe some of them are actually very good to treat maybe colds and, and that you get in the winter so it's it's very handy to have them preserved in tincture form so again tincture basically i mean the simplest thing is you, you just take a jar you um, tear up your herb into small pieces just with your fingers until the jar is full and then you can top it up with um alcohol uh, generally speaking a reasonable Good quality vodka would be probably the most um, commonly available. Um, I do know a couple of herbalists who recommend if you can get good putching from a good source, that's more natural. Yeah. But for people who don't, um, lots of reasons why lots of people can't use alcohol, um, you could use uh, cider vinegar e- instead. So, um, okay. you know, that would be another alternative. And, and then you blitz that, is it? Or... And literally then you just let it steep. You, so you okay, just fill up the see. jar and, and, and put, the lid, put a lid on the jar and usually like try and shake it a couple of times a day if you think of it, you know, but oftentimes, and, and you know, you'd leave that, ideally leave it at maybe for at least, you could probably start using it after two weeks if you needed it urgently, but it'll improve if you leave it maybe four weeks. Now, after that, you can strain it out and you can put it um, into some of those little, the little amber kind of bottles, you know, that you would actually buy. A lot of people probably have bought echinacea tincture, you know, from the health food shop. But to be honest with you, I would have often have tinctures that are still in the kilner jar, hidden then in the back of a cupboard somewhere. And they could be there for two years and then I could think, oh, I really need that. And I could go and, and have a look at them and just strain them out at that stage and they'd be perfect. Um, so, yeah, tinctures are very handy to have. Um, oils can be handy um, for, for something that you want to maybe use topically on your skin. Um, or they can also be handy for um, um, using them to... I'm not even going to go into trying to make creams or ointments now because that's um, that's kind of a whole other ball game. but uh, yeah. oils are kind of handy to have um, as a base from that. And then syrups would be... Um, syrups would be the, um, the other thing that I would make quite a bit, like cough syrups. So um, do, will we go maybe and just talk... Yeah, for sure. A few, a few different herbs and what they're... What the, they're good um, 
yeah, but they're good for it because obviously yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a very, very complex field and there's so many, I, I, I would think there's probably thousands of herbs. So um, maybe maybe kind of the a few of the most common ones and what they're used to treat. Yeah. And you, you mentioned echinacea there and it's funny, I, I, I don't know when I started taking it, but I take echinacea in my tea uh, pretty much all year round. And okay. The benefits that I and I don't know where I heard about it or why I heard about it or why I started taking it, but I rarely, rarely ever get colds or flus or anything. I touch wood, Excellent. but so I, I attribute it to that. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But it is, as I say, I take it all the time and have done for a number of years, and and rarely get you know the typical coughs and colds. So. Yeah, a lot of people swear by echinacea, and I suppose just one thing what herbs do. I think. Some herbs, not all herbs are going to work for all people, just like, I suppose, not all foods agree with all people, you know, that way. So I think, um, you know, different things work for different people. I would have over the years taken echinacea myself, but now there's my kind of go-to if I feel like I've got a bit of a sore throat or, you know, the swollen glands coming up would be actually be cleavers, which is a... It is. It's a wild weed. It's the one that called Robin Run the Hedge. You know the, the yeah, sticky backs. Absolutely, and that um, that helps to clear out the lymphatic system and kind of helps to flush toxins out of the body. And I find um, if I feel, you know, that feeling of the swollen glands because that's the start of an infection happening, and I will literally like put that into my tea as well. It's, it's maybe not very pleasant to drink on its own, but that's the thing with herbal teas. You can you can mix them with other herbs that are more pleasant to disguise mm. the, the taste. So um, that would be... And so you just chop up cleavers and put it into boiling water and create a tea out of it? Yeah, absolutely. And then you can dry it. You can dry it either to have... Um, obviously, because that one is one that dies back in the winter time. so you can dry it. Um, Last year, I ended up. I gave all my cleavers to somebody to a customer. Like I don't, um, I don't really sell medicinal herbs or anything. But I, sometimes I give them to people, and uh, then I needed some myself. So a, a friend of mine runs a herb tea business. So I, um, I was able to um, intelligent teas. So she supplied me with some dried cleavers. So it can be handy to have them dried too, because you know, even if it's flashing rain in the middle of winter and you're sick then if you've got it dried or like I say the tincture actually I made a tincture as well so tincture form a few drops into your tea will do do the same job so um, so maybe just if if you want to um, talk about some of the chamomile so a lot of people will have heard about chamomile tea a lot of people will drink chamomile tea it is meant to be quite relaxing and calming and a good one to have um, at night time and lemon balm would have similar properties and lemon balm is such a delicious tea you know even just for the taste of it alone um, lemon balm is lovely and um, mint good for digestion and again a really tasty tea i mean mint tea i would have a good few varieties of mint a lot of them now have kind of gone wild and mingled in with each other but my favorite one for tea is black peppermint um, and i think it's just that it's that bit stronger it's a bit more um uh, you know, but really, and actually, Moroccan mint is another is another one that makes a really nice tea as well. Now, going back to talking about the leaf, and um, my own mom, oftentimes, if over the years, like if she was up with me, and this would have been before she was on warfarin, but even now, it wouldn't matter because you can eat you can eat her. You're you're never going to do any harm by eating herbs. It's only if you make a tea with them, you're extracting more of the stronger properties, and that's where. And um, that's where you have to be more careful. But like, if Mum was up and she had a bit of indigestion, she would literally just pick a mint leaf and she she chew chew on the mint leaf, eat the mint leaf, and that would do the trick for her. So mint, you know, traditionally has been used in um, a 
taken a lot of um, remedies for for um, indigestion, uh, you know, stomach um, problems and that. It's great in the mojito as well. Oh, absolutely, yes. The Moroccan mint is the one I'd um, the Moroccan mint is the one I'd recommend for the mojito. And then I have this really old fashioned mint. It came from my grand's garden um, years ago, I think, and. I could, it took me ages to uh, find the name of it, but it's Monta Longifolia, and it, its common name is horse mint, and I've never seen it anywhere else, but I love it. It's one of those soft mints, and I suppose probably why I love it is because that's the one I grew up with, my mum making the mint sauce uh, with it and putting it into the new potatoes and the peas. So, um, yeah, lots of different mints. For, uh, that, I use different ones for different things. Um, fennel is another plant, uh, of course, that a lot of people will be familiar with, and Actually, fennel is such a useful plant. You can use every single bit of it. I was at um, a, a conference last year in the Eco Village um, down in Tipperary, and it was called the Living Seeds, um, and it's just really all about kind of trying to save our heritage seeds. And then we, we had a trip to Seed Savers as well. But I actually did a presentation down there on fennel, um, which, again, it might be something I might put up on my website at some stage. But basically, fennel, really good for digestion as well. Um, Years ago, there was a thing called gripe water for young babies, and that was made using dill. So dill and fennel, they'd, they'd kind of have similar properties. Um, but fennel um, is also meant to be good for milk production for breastfeeding mothers and also helps to prevent colic because that if the mother drinks the fennel tea, that goes down through to the baby and okay. it's because over the years I the, the first person who told me that I was having a it was actually a slow food event and it was a bit of a kind of a it, it was a bit of a talk on, on, on herbs and then um, we had a big barbecue in the garden too you know slow food you have to have food involved but one lady who came to that she's a very young baby and you know she was here for the whole afternoon and the baby on a sling and she told me about the fennel and then maybe about three years ago a, a full day medicinal workshop I was doing and another young mother came on it her baby was only two weeks old and she came for a full day event and again she was talking about the channel like I couldn't get it over that the, the thoughts of me when I had a, a two week old baby trying to get out of the house was just um, unbelievable so um, yeah so that's and so fennel and dill then they, you're saying they, they were what gripe water was was made out of yeah, great water great water is no longer allowed to be sold in ireland i know you can get it in some other countries but yeah i don't know well obviously i don't know whatever the other um the other ingredients that would have been in that were but i just do remember um hearing that then um, dill was on the ingredients but then you can see there'd be a lot of other plants too that ha- any of those plants that have that kind of anise um um kind of um hit i suppose you know all of them would be good you know even say a lot of the after dinner drinks like the benedictines and all of that that were mixed the herbs they're not meant to be taken like as shots in nightclubs but (laughs) a small glass after dinner after a rich meal aids digestion and indian food as well indian and mexican food that use a lot of spices indian in particular and i always think it's actually really I don't know, soothing on the stomach. And my parents were in India a number of years ago and they brought me back these candied um, fennel seeds, which they were just kind of given round after dinner as a little kind of a breath freshener and a, a you know, um, digestive kind of um, aid as well. So, um, so what else uh, will we talk about here? And um, comfrey is another, it's a native plant. And just this would be another one that from personal experience, um, I have used, I had a 
sprained my ankle one Monday morning, going back quite a while back. And um, it was just one of those things I didn't need. And I was hobbling around. And I literally have, you know, a herbalist I, I know said often the herbs, the plants that you need most are the ones that grow right beside you. Now, obviously, that's not going to count if somebody lives in a high rise in, in the middle of a yeah. city. But where I live now, um, like literally just, you know, a couple of, a couple of metres from my, my front door, I had a little comfrey patch there. I went out, picked, hauled out, picked a few leaves, and then I just got my breadboard and my chopping knife, and I just chopped it up really finely. And I kind of made a little envelope of gauze, and I bandaged it onto my ankle where the sprain was. And again, literally within an hour, I could kind of, I could feel the benefits. Um, so that, that's, that's one. I have a friend actually who had a really serious motorcycle accident years ago and he swears his partner at the time, she um, she treated him with comfrey and he swears that that was what kind of helped him to, you know, to recover. So um, that's one that, uh, one of its names is knit bone as well. So like anything to do with sprains or broken bones or, or um, you know, that kind of... Uh, that and kind of and you apply that as a... Topic so that was basically on, on, on. like a poultice um, okay. that would be like a poultice now having said that um, yeah comfrey you know you can buy comfrey cream in most of the health food shops now so if I had had a comfrey oil or a comfrey cream that would have been more convenient and I would have used that but um, because I didn't have that that's where I suppose like I improvised with the sage leaf and um, you know that's, that's what I did um, so now there were a few obviously my some of my favourite um absolutely my favourite plants are what other people call weeds and yeah. you know they, they really are I was talking there about the, the cleavers um, is, is one meadowsweet um, I love meadowsweet sometimes if people really push me to ask you know what's my favourite herb I would generally go for meadowsweet um, I just I just love the plant I love the look of it and I love the smell of it um, but meadowsweet is an anti-inflammatory okay. and it's also really good for stomach um, you know, for stomach conditions. Um, mullein, then, so for Bascom, uh, you know the tall mullein, the native, for Bascom Passport. Okay, I don't, I don't know that one at all, actually. Okay, well, that has, it has, you would know it if you saw it, it has these really large, silvery grey, furry, fluffy leaves. You just want to grab the leaf and you just want to rub it up on your, onto your face like they're just really soft and, and fluffy and furry and that is an amazing plant for chest conditions so a couple of years back I had a really bad chest infection and you know I have because even since I was a child I kind of would have suffered from bronchitis a bit so I would have tried every single um, cough bottle on the market I expect to a cough bottle on the market and I, I, I rarely go to the doctor unless I really need to but this, this one was bad and he prescribed Exbutex which um, a lot of people probably will have will have known of and, and used. Now, maybe it works for some people, but for me, I think it just kind of it masks the symptom. But it doesn't. Okay, this might sound a bit disgusting, but we're talking about medicinal things, and they're not always pretty. Yeah. If you've got a chest infection, what you want to do is get rid of all that mucus, yeah. you know. And um, so that's that's what you need to do. And I found that wasn't working for me, so I made up my own cough syrup. First off, again, I would have had a verbascum or mullen. Um, tincture down in my cupboard so I was when you're very sick you're not really going to have much energy for making remedies so I just started taking that in my tea I had the tincture and I I would just use um, 
some of the tincture and I'm lucky I have two friends who are beekeepers so local honey some tincture and maybe a little bit of ginger and some hot water and I just started taking that and really helped to, really helped um, to start you know kind of clearing my chest but then after a day or two when I was kind of feeling a little bit better I decided to make a cough syrup so I used um, another native plant called Cove's Foot um, Tussilago gosh I haven't used these botanical names for years and sometimes they just kind of come back yeah. to you um, you probably do you know Cove's yeah, Foot yeah I know that yourself? one yeah um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it starts off with that lovely yellow flare on its own early in, in maybe January time. And then it comes up with the leaves. And again, the leaves of Colt's foot have this kind of gloss. Um, what would you, it's kind of like a film of kind of the best way to nearly like spider's web. You'd nearly describe it. Um, but that is also really good for chest. And marshmallow is another one. And again, marshmallow has these leaves that when you touch them, they're soft and velvety. And the Ella campaign that I mentioned um, earlier that, you know, research has been done for using for MRSA, that's quite similar. The underside of the leaf, soft and velvety. So that is a sign that that plant has what's called mucilaginous properties. So this it has soothing properties that are going to be good for like oiling the system, I guess, nearly, you know. Um, So anyway, I made up just my own. So there's a wonderful lady called Judith Hode who has just been, she, again, is another person who really got my interest in herbs gone. And I'll send you um, a link to her book as well. She's beautiful. She lives up in Donegal. I'm going to have to get in touch with her. She has uh, taught me loads. But she, um, I used one of her remedies a few years back for a a friend who was really ill and Coltsfoot was one of the ingredients. But, um, sometimes, sometimes you won't have an ingredient um, to hand, and over the years, that I have become more confident to, in my own knowledge, to be able to substitute one ingredient for another. Now, obviously, this isn't just for the total beginner, you know. But I came up anyway with um, this cough syrup, and it was absolutely amazing. Like it really works. So instead of getting up in the morning and being afraid to cough because the tightness in your chest was so bad and you were coughing but you weren't producing mm-hmm. anything and it was so painful, I would just take a couple of spoons of this syrup and literally within like five to ten minutes, just everything would just loosen up. So, you know, that uh, since then as well, I uh, there are two other friends who actually not only can't, there are two other friends who I have given that syrup to or made it for them who both also found it effective but then I made it in some of my medicinal workshops um, I made it and there's another syrup that I make with um, elderberries and, and thyme again thyme is, is a really good antibacterial plant or oregano as well just common garden oregano um, so on one of, a couple of my workshops going back a few years um, I made both of those I made the, the um, both of those syrups and Everyone was able to take home um, some to, you know, try themselves and the recipes, of course. And over the years then, you know, a lot of people have kind of come back, repeat on the workshops, and quite a number of those people said, you know, I had that bottle there for like four months or six months or whatever, and then, you know, my daughter got really bad, chesty cough, or I got sick or whatever, and, um, you know, got really good feedback. Um, Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, John, I suppose that's a little introduction you know, it, obviously, it's a huge, huge field, um, and again, the warnings I just really need to stress. But um, it's, I, I suppose, one herb I didn't mention that I seriously should mention too, of course, is nettles. Nettles is um, 
Nettles is an amazing one. Uh, great to use as a spring tonic, full of iron. Um, so even just a simple nettle tea. Now again, nettle tea on its own wouldn't be quite to my taste. So I'd often just mix it with fennel. And then you just, you know, you get that little aniseed um, edge to it as well. Yeah, it's so, funny. Um, nettle, nettles is, uh, again, a bit like uh, a lot of these. They, for for a number of years, you would never even hear that they were they were useful for, for teas or for for anything like that. But now over the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of people and a lot of people online who are actually putting up videos of, of doing different things with nettle and uh, cleavers yeah. was another one I've seen. The, the Bee Hut in Carlo, they, they actually put up rep- recipes with uh, cleavers in it. So it's, it's okay. great to see these coming back because there is obviously huge benefits in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you see, the wild foods, that's another kind of big passion of mine. And um, so nettles originally, they would have been in the time what was kind of called the hungry gap. So the root vegetables had maybe nearly finished, but the new spring crops, greens, hadn't come in. So the nettles were um, were used as a spring tonic. And, you know, it's actually funny because going back to what I was talking about in the culinary um, section, we, as children, so my dad used to always... Um, cut nettles and a couple of, in springtime and he'd mix them in with cabbage for us and you know he's like oh no you know I don't know how he, he had all this knowledge to be honest both my, my mother and father grew up in right in Dublin city centre basically and they just both had this wonderful love of, of the country and nature but um that yeah that's a whole other story talking about making herbal wines and liqueurs and all of those things but yeah we used to always have the nettles as children and again I would I, I do like to cook with nettles but I wouldn't ever just eat them on their own but um, I would uh, I suppose I'd better not start getting into talking about wild food here, <laughs> here <forever. laughs> no, we, can, we, we can maybe we can maybe come back to that one some other time yeah. but um, obviously that's just a huge amount of information there and as you rightly said you could talk for for hours and hours on end on herbs because there's so many of them number one and then there's so many different uses and functions culinary and medicinal so it's so that that's been super. We've 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 covered off culinary and medicinal herbs, and obviously, as we, as we said, there's oceans of other information. So maybe you might just tell us, Denise, where people can find you. Where where's the best places to look you up? I know you're on a lot of the social channels and you have a good web, website. So if you could direct people to those. Yeah, sure. Well, my website is easy enough to remember. It's theherbgarden.ie, and um, probably if you Google Denise Dawn and herbs, I I should. I should show up on the front page, I think. You do. But um, <laughs> then uh, I, I do have links to all my social media channels on the on the um, website. Now, if anyone is interested, like obviously I've had to cancel. I had so many plans this year for foraging walks is a big thing I do and workshops and wild food dinners and, and all of that kind of thing. And of course, everything is on hold. But if anyone is interested in subscribing to my newsletter, they can then... Um, they can sign up there. I don't bamboozle people with news, with emails, like only really if I've got some news. Like I think I've only sent out one this year, but now I have my online shop up and running, so I will be sending out a, a newsletter shortly. Um, then I'm on the usual Instagram and Facebook. I've got a, a Herb Garden page, uh, The Herb Garden, on Facebook, and I'm on uh, The Herb Garden Ireland on Instagram. Excellent. And, and all um, those talks and, and, and walks that, that unfortunately at the moment are postponed, they will all be hopefully kicking kicking off again, whether later this year or into next year. So, if people certainly, I am as soon as it is safe, I will. And you know, and I may um, start maybe just doing some online tutorials and and things like that. Now, I have a, a, 
a friend who wants me to do a live um a live Instagram little um chat on, on some of the wild herbs and stuff. So, you know, we're I suppose we're all having to adapt really. That's um, it, yeah. But the good the good thing is I suppose if people if people keep an eye out on your, your website and your social channels, you you'll update as you go along and as as absolutely. as the, the full the full courses roll back out they'll be able to see that there. So Yeah, absolutely. Either the newsletters but certainly I any any news I have I usually will get it out there on Instagram and, and Facebook. And actually John, while we're on, if I if there is time and um, there's something I'd love to ask you because I'm presuming a lot of your listeners maybe some of your listeners will own garden centres um, or even any of your listeners who are in running a small business in Ireland and who might be finding it difficult at the moment because then um, a friend of mine has set up a website called shoplocal.irish and the, it's, the main purpose is to connect um, consumers with local businesses in their area and businesses that have a product that either they deliver or that can be safely you know pay online or by phone and collect and um, so it's very useful for the consumer uh, it's useful for the small business and businesses can sign up for free and um, I'm actually kind of helping them a little bit with this and I'm running the um, the Instagram and the Facebook accounts for them so again maybe um, when we're finished I can email you um, email you the links but I just thought it'd be nice to mention because we've got you know we have some of the top food producers in the country signed up it's not only food it's everything from art art materials, bookshops, um, a lot of food. But we have got a section for garden centres and there's not too many people on there yet and we'd like to build that up. So okay. it just might be a platform for people to um, get. We're, we're going to be kind of doing a, a launch soon and then we're just trying to help promote all the businesses through the social media channels and other, um, Brilliant. Yeah, well, other means s- as well. Send me the details for sure and I'll put them in the show notes as yeah. well. So. Yeah, Great. People can look it up there. So Denise, um, it's been a brilliant chat. As as I said, we could we could go into so much more depth, um, and maybe maybe there's other areas that we might get back into in the future. But um, there was really interesting tips there. Uh, the two areas, the, the the two different sections, the culinary and the medicinal, are are. are hugely interesting and and hugely complex. But you did a great job of explaining it, and a huge thank you for coming on this week's podcast. Well, thank you very much, John, and um, I'm delighted now that we've got to know each other and hopefully we can meet in person in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks again, Denise. Thank you, John. Bye. So that's been this week's episode, a great chat with Denise. Um, last week was, was very good on culinary herbs and this week equally as interesting on medicinal herbs. And it's a hugely complex area, as I've said already. And you know there's so much to it that you really couldn't cover it in in a single podcast episode so maybe we'll, we'll, we'll come back at it again in the future but if there was something there that that you were interested in and we maybe didn't cover in detail please just get in contact with Denise uh, she'd be more than happy to help you out and as I said she has a lot of these plants available and seeds available and so on so she'll be able to steer you in the right direction and she's she's open to giving advice as you heard in that interview so for the last two episodes, a huge thank you to Denise. It was it was great to hear somebody with such passion for herbs talking, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And as I say, something something that we might come back on again in the future. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with all your gardening friends. And if there's anything you would like me to cover in future episodes, just let me know. You can contact me through the website, which is www.mastermygarden.com, or on the social channels Facebook, which is John Jones at Master My Garden, or Instagram at Master My Garden. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening and until the next time,
happy gardening <laughs>